ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Coming up on this episode of The Right Time. I mean, you know, we're going to talk plenty of Super Bowl. We have got your voicemails. But first... Hey, man. I do, in fact, believe that what we got there was a classic Super Bowl in uh, Super Bowl 57, right? Um, I believe we all get caught in president of the moment stuff to a degree, da-da-da, everything else. This, to me, felt like the Super Bowl that the NFL wants, specifically. High scoring, keeps moving, but it didn't feel like it was terrible defense, right? Like, it didn't feel like there was just no defense that was out there. It just felt like, okay, you had pace. You had action. It was exciting players. It was exciting quarterbacks. All of those things. Like, I thought that there was really not that much more that I could have asked for um, from a game. There really isn't. The centerpiece of this going in was the quarterbacks. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. Some of us, the centerpiece was the quarterbacks. For others, it was the Sour Grapes Bowl. I read so many different stories about how it is that Andy Reid didn't hire Nick Sirianni and how the Eagles fired Andy Reid and basically how all of them should be salty about the way that it was goes. Like, oh, Nick Sirianni, he's got a chip on his shoulder about the fact that Andy Reid didn't keep him. Man, if your grumpy asses don't sit down, I'm sorry. And I say this as somebody who's been fired a lot. Man, they ain't thinking about you. I'm going to come back here and I'm going to prove it to them that they made the No, no, you're not going to prove to them that they made the right decision. They're not thinking about you anymore. Like with Andy Reid, I guarantee you, after they won that Super Bowl in 2017, you know, two years before Andy Reid got him a Super Bowl uh, with uh, the Chiefs, I assure you the Eagles weren't like, damn, I think we made a terrible mistake. The Eagles just fired a damn super coach that won the Super Bowl and then got in here with the dude who had marbles in his mouth at his initial press conference, and they still won. They ain't thinking about you. Uh, when Andy Reid was like, look, I'm bringing my old man in, but I hear you're pretty good. And Sirianna's like, yeah, that gave me a chip on my shoulder. Grow up. Every single one of y'all grow up, right? But if you ain't want to lock in on the future of quarterbacking, then yeah, you go into something that you can relate to a little bit more, being a grouch. But the truth is, this was Super Bowl game. Both of the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, I don't even think they were good. Like, I think Jalen Hurts was legitimately great in that game. It wasn't one of those like, yo, this is one of the greatest players I've ever seen sort of situations. But um, again, I can't, I make this point, and now I just got to let it go. My thing with Hurts always as an NFL quarterback had been, I had seen him on teams surrounded by great players at two different schools and saw him be the holdup, right? We saw him get benched in the national championship game because he was the holdup. They lost the national championship game the year before in part because Clemson had Deshaun Watson and they just had Jalen Hurts, right? Like these are the things that we had seen from him. We saw something very similar happen when he was at Oklahoma. And so now here he is in the Super Bowl. Forget about the national championship game. This thing ain't sponsored by Chick-fil-A, none of that. He is in the Super Bowl and did it. Did it with his arm, did it with his legs, made plays that I thought were so big just in sometimes you just got to put it up there. So when he made that play in the first half uh, to the corner on the left side, they got to A.J. Brown where A.J. Brown was in double coverage but just had the faith 
that, okay, I'm going to get this up here and he can get it done. That's all you can ask for for a dude like that. Three rushing touchdowns. And I have always said that Cam Newton is the most dangerous short yardage option in the history of the NFL. And I think I still lean in the direction of dangerous. But effective? Old squats ain't being stopped. Right? How many times was it? There's like, I know they running the sneak. They know they running the sneak. Chiefs got to get a dude in there so close. He got his hat on the other side of the center's hat. You know you're not allowed to do that. This is the only option you got with squats is back there. And you know, like Jalen Hurts is going for the 31 and getting like three. Chris Jones tried to jump over the top and get that. And he just went for a ride. Squats in the line were just like, nah, baby, we can take you back a little bit farther. But I didn't feel like there was any point where it was just like, oh, Jalen Hurts didn't get it done. Like, obviously, the Chiefs brought in the second half, but this was not about the shortcomings of the quarterback in any way. In fact, they're not where they are in that game because of the quarterback, which to me is big because Hurts is in the league, interestingly, in a very similar situation that he was in in college, surrounded by a loaded roster. Like, I don't think you've ever seen that boy out there without a squad. Squad. But he doing it. And he did it. And so I was so glad for him, just because I know how the game can often go. If they was going to lose, it needed to not be because of him. And it ultimately wasn't about him. Now, why did the Chiefs win? Well, that was about Jordan. That was it. I did a uh, CNN hit right before I came in here to record this podcast. And Don Lemon was so blown away. He's like, you're saying he's Jordan. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Right? And I go through this with people, and I said this on Twitter, and some guy comes back with some picture of Tom Brady, right? Like he just came up with something ain't nobody thought of. Here's the thing at this point. Tom Brady, without question, has the best resume of any quarterback that we've ever seen, particularly considering the weight that we place on championships for the quarterback, all right? Tom Brady's got that, right? I am not saying that Mahomes has seven championships or five Super Bowl MVPs or anything else. However, I am going to tell you what I had told you before. Tom Brady is a three-time first-team All-Pro. Patrick Mahomes is a two-time first-team All-Pro. What's the difference, though? The difference is Tom Brady didn't get his first first first-team All-Pro selection until he was 30. Mahomes is 27. He'll be 27 on opening day next year. Two Super Bowl championships, two Super Bowl MVPs, two most valuable players, two first-team All-Pro, and a second-team All-Pro. I'm just telling you, man, nobody's put it together quite like that. Like, I feel like the closest that you got in that sort of situation is Dan Marino. And one point I'd always made about Dan Marino in relation to Mahomes that people need to recognize was Marino had never had, he had that 84 season where he threw for 5,000 yards in 16 games, right? Like in 1984, maybe, probably actually, like just in terms of raw numbers, probably the best passing season that anybody has ever had. When you consider the rules, what it was that he was working with, Everything else, all right? Marino in 84 is probably the one. Marino had 44 touchdowns, I want to say, in 86. But it never looked like that again. Like, you never got those wild numbers out of him again. And it was fine. 
Like, if Dan Marino's career was 1987 to, I believe, 2000 was the last year he played, either that or 99, I'm not positive Dan Marino makes the Hall of Fame. Like, if you take that back end, I guess I'd say he'd probably make the Hall of Fame. But he starts feeling a lot like, say, Phillip Rivers at that point, which is not shade to Dan Marino. I'm a big Phillip Rivers fan, but we don't talk about Phillip Rivers like we talk about Dan Marino, right? So I'd always made the point that it was possible that Mahomes was never going to look like we'd seen when he looked like just something unlike anything we'd seen before. No, 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 guys. I think that this is going to be a thing for quite a long time. Uh, Part of it, obviously, is the rules that make it easier uh, for a quarterback to be successful in that way. But what what do you want from a quarterback that Mahomes isn't giving you? Because with Tom Brady, I can give you some things that I'd like to have from a quarterback that he's not going to give you. He over-indexes in some other stuff, right? Like the accuracy and just knowing everything that's going on. But it ain't like Tom Brady was Mr. I-know-everything-that's-about-to-happen when he was 27. Like, there's still time for Mahomes to become that guy. Hell, Mahomes might be that guy right now. But he's just got a wealth of physical skills that make it that it doesn't have to look the exact same way as Tom Brady. But... What do you want from a quarterback that Mahomes isn't giving you? The only thing I think that you could ask for, and this is something that may come up with the dude later in his career, but the only thing you could ask for is, well, maybe he could get the ball out faster. Like, that would be a fair request. They were making a point during the game where Mahomes said, I know that playing tackle for our team is probably the hardest place to play tackle because I hold the ball for a long time. I move around. I try to make plays. Like, you got to hold your blocks. This is not an easy thing. So if you wind up in a situation, you know, where you need to run quick game and you need to get it out of there, Mahomes probably isn't the best guy for you. But let me get over here into this box score, all right? Here are the guys that got touches for the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. Our man, Ferdy Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Sky Moore, Travis Kelsey, we got him, uh, Juju who had seven catches for 53 yards, it should be noted. Justin Watson, Noah Gray, Kadarius Toney, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, except he didn't even get a touch, he got a target. Some dude named Jody Fortson had a target. Here's why I'm bringing this up here. If the Chiefs were to go nine and eight, we would go and say, well, what do you expect when these are the guys that get touches? If they had come out there in the Super Bowl and lost, you would be like, well, hey, what do you expect when the Chiefs' leading rusher is uh, Ferdy Pacheco and their leading wide receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster? You know what I mean? We'd be out here like, yo, they got to get Patrick Mahomes some help. That's what we'd have to say about this. Like, Perhaps the most impressive thing to me about Mahomes in this performance and what he got done, aside from the fact, by the way, where they won a game where they had the ball for a grand total of eight minutes in the first half. All right? This for him was like your flu game type of performance. I'm trying to think here, and you let me know if I'm wrong here. Can you think of a Super Bowl where a quarterback was so obviously injured, injured, and did the whole gut it out thing to make it happen? 
Because as much as we talk about Mahomes as being like, you know, the superstar type of dude with all the fireworks and all of that stuff, they didn't have a pass in this game that's longer than 22 yards. Like, this wasn't the air it out, right? This is the offense that doesn't have Tyreek Hill. This is the offense that's got a bunch of dudes. And Mahomes made it work on one leg with a bunch of dudes. Like, part of what made it impressive to me about Jalen Hurts also was it's still pretty clear that shoulder's not good. Like, I'm imagining that we're going to hear something about an offseason surgery to deal with that shoulder. And he went out there and he got it done. Like, you saw that from the Eagles. The Eagles got those big plays. Like, A.J. Brown had a 45-yard catch. Devontae Smith had a 45-yard catch. Like, they got out there and made big plays. Mahomes wasn't really working with the big play option. And they did it. They marched down at the end of the game. They did it. And while I'm here, that was a hold. I don't know why you guys are acting like that wasn't a hold. Let me tell you something. I feel very honest about this, okay? It's the Super Bowl. James Bradbury committed the penalty that one could argue cost the Eagles a chance to win that game. And you know what he said after the game? That it was a hold. I'm just saying, if that guy who got every incentive and every reason in the world to be like, man, they trying to play your boy. If that guy right there says that it's a hold, guys, it was a hold. If he had not, and you could be like, oh, but it wasn't that much. Dog, if he hadn't done that little bit, he's blown by. He's gone by. And you know how I know that? Because when he did that, he was behind him. And that's all I'm asking you. If you act like it wasn't that big of a hold, right? Like, if that's your play, it wasn't that big of a hold. Okay, I just need you to explain to me why it is that he then couldn't catch dude, right? I just need you to explain to me why it is that then dude was ahead of him. Nah, man, the refs didn't mess this up. The refs did not blow your Super Bowl. James Bradbury just got beat. And credit to him for owning the fact that he just, got beat that's it but now good for all of us we got a great game man we got an incredible game now halftime spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days i've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so i can break these skinny allegations i keep getting Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton All-Access Membership and NBA League Pass subscription required.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So, Parker, you're looking at me like you feel like I'm about to engage in a dangerous, uh, in dangerous behavior. Is that is that your fear? Uh, I just wish you didn't say my name this early in the podcast. <laughs> you ain't got you ain't got to say nothing with me. You know what I'm saying? I just I just see the look on your face. I just wanted the people to know that as worried as they are for me, my people are also worried about me, and that they you know they not trying to set me up. Unlike CNN. Let me tell you something. Go on CNN this morning. You know, I do the spots on CNN this morning, and we talked about the Super Bowl. And then they came back around, and they asked me about Rihanna. And I was kind of prepared to be like, oh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you know. But then, as I recall, I think Don started talking about how good Rihanna was in the Super Bowl and how great the performance was. And, you know, every now and then you come up with a line, like when you do this job, like something happens and a line hits you, and you be like, oh, I got to remember that. Because, like, as people, a lot of people don't realize when I do this podcast, I'm just giving it to you. I ain't got no stuff written down. Like, Parker sees my face when I do this. I'm not, like, referring to notes. Like, every now and then, like, I'll pull up the box score or something like that. But I'm just going, man. I like to get in the moment. I like to get in the feel or whatever. And so sometimes you just kind of bookmark it. Like, oh, I got that line that I may use if it comes down to it. But I was thinking of that line is, like, a line to use amongst my friends, right? So I'm sitting there at the desk, and I'm saying to myself, So Don just said that this was a much better Super Bowl halftime performance than you thought it was. Are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to say it. What did I say? I said, it should have made the 49ers the halftime show. At least they would have wanted to be there. Parker, did I go too far? Uh, I I don't even know what to do with this one. You're so shook. You're so shook. You ain't gotta worry. I'm the one that's got. I'm I'm the one. If there's gonna be an L to take, there's gonna be an L to take, and I would take the L. Yeah, (laughs) you're just selling me out. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, come on now. We don't have to lie. She ain't want. She ain't feel like being there. There was nothing in her steez that was giving us like super duper energy. And I'm not going to lie, and I don't feel bad about saying this, okay? Because she's been selling us what she's been selling us for a long time, right? But it's like five, six years ago, somewhere in there, I went to a Janet Jackson concert, and that's back when she was married to uh, that Middle Eastern man. And she came out there, you know, it's a Janet Jackson concert. Janet Jackson looked like she was about to go hit the slopes. Like, it looked like she had all, like, a white bubble coat 
and these long white pants and everything else. And I'm like, hey, this isn't the Janet. Like, even Control Janet Jackson wasn't coming out here with all these clothes on. Like, I, I thought we were uh, getting a different kind of show, right? And so is Rihanna, me and my brother there. And, like, we don't really be jamming Rihanna like that. Like, that's not really our bag. But, hey, man, it's a Rihanna show. You know what time it is, right? Like, we know what Rihanna been selling us. We know what Rihanna be selling y'all. Draws. Right? Am I wrong here? Like, like Rihanna be selling y'all draws and all this stuff? So I was like, oh, we gonna get the Rihanna halftime show? Man, Rihanna came out there looking like a pyro mechanic. And I was like, hey, 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 uh, maybe there's going to be like some grand uh, reveal that comes out of this. And then I looked and was like, oh, Rihanna's pregnant again. Oh, okay. Got you. Didn't realize that. It all makes sense. Congratulations to you and uh, Mr. ASAP Rocky. Hey, Parker, you younger than me. Does he even still make music? I, I have not heard an ASAP Rocky song in around five years. Yeah, I'm just checking, right? Like, I, I ain't know that. But yeah, so, you know, good for you. Good for y'all. You know, all I'm saying. Um, But then Rihanna was out there like, Rihanna was out there two-stepping like me. But like, I'd be two-stepping like that because I don't be feeling like dancing. Do you know a big part of why I don't feel like dancing? I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it at all. Rihanna at the Super Bowl, like all her dances, they was getting it. They was getting it. Rihanna's just out there. We we did not get a great halftime show. It's okay to say that out loud. We did not get a great halftime show. Now, tangential to like the whole Super Bowl part of the halftime, or that, 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 everything else, right? This is my legitimate question. You guys let me know, because if I missed it, I missed it. Parker, I need you to tell me this. Don't worry, this won't get you in trouble. Did Rihanna announce that there's going to be a new Rihanna album? Like, did we get any announcement about a Rihanna tour? I, I would be very surprised given that she is now pregnant with her second child. Then how in the world did Jay-Z get her to do this? Look, man, she don't feel like doing music no more. And that's cool. And I'll make this other point about her with music. And this is, you know, separate. Again, this is where I was going, separate from the Super Bowl stuff. You don't always have to make another album, which is what I think that Rihanna has very clearly come to understand you don't always have to make another album now i again am here to tell you i am not like a fan in that way right there are rihanna songs that i can enjoy so forth and so on or whatever but like i've never listened to rihanna and been like wow this is a wildly talented musician like she's not beyonce in that way you can have your favorite but this music means something to beyonce in a way that it doesn't seem to mean it to rihanna that's what it is, okay? But every now and then, somebody like that gets tired of that shit y'all be talking. And they get out here, and they work, and they grind, and they decide, watch, I'm going to show y'all. And that show y'all was that anti-album, which again, I don't love, but I can say it's a very good record, right? But it's one of those where it's like, oh, she finally did it. She finally got it in her, right? You know, she sang better than she had before. I would argue that there was like an artistic depth that hadn't been there before. You listen to those songs from the Super Bowl, by and large, go listen to the ones that she did for the Super Bowl and then come back and listen to stuff that's on anti. It's a different level, right? Like she leveled up that that hole where you start writing the, oh, the, the, the artist has matured, right? All of that stuff. 
She made that. She don't need to ever make another album again. The likelihood that she's ever going to make another album as good as that one is low. If she's ever going to be inspired in the way to make that album, that part I don't know. But all she's doing is setting herself up to put out another album that people are going to be like, yeah, but it ain't anti. And then what do you do? Um, I'll give you another example of somebody who never needs to make another record. Cardi B. Like once you overshoot what people think that you are capable of so far, because that's the thing about that Cardi B record. That Cardi B record is not one of those where it's just like, oh, it's got some hits and people like it. It's one of those where you went back and listened to it and were like, wait a minute, this is good. Like I, I, there's no way in the world I ever thought that she would be good. But when did that record come out? 2017 or 2018? Because Bodak Yellow came out in 2017. The album came out in 2018. So we've been five years since then. She's been as famous as she ever been. She didn't drop a couple things. She dropped that WAP that was out here in the streets. But we always hear she working on that album. That album don't never come out. My theory on why that album doesn't ever come out is she be working on that album. It'll never be good enough for y'all. It's Andre 3000 with his Why Don't You Go Make an Album. It'll never be good enough. But there's a long list of people Okay, let me be careful there. The list ain't but so long. But it's enough people where you go out and you make that one and you don't ever have to do this again. Think about this. D'Angelo has three studio albums ever. And the third one just came out like six, seven years ago. But that made it D'Angelo. He didn't need to ever put out another album. Guns N' Roses, when you really stop and think about it, like you go to the wiki page, it feels a little bit deeper. Guns N' Roses is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on the basis of one album. That's it. They put out Appetite for Destruction, quite possibly the single best album of the 1980s. And yes, that is me saying that. They did uh, that EP, The GNR Lies, they had the Super Racist song, but also Patience. Um, and then they put out the Use Your Illusion records, and then nothing. And they're going to sell out arenas for the rest of their lives. On the basis of that, you don't need another record, right? And that's the thing to me where Rihanna is at this point is, do another record for what? You out here selling clothes. You out here selling these draws. You take pictures whenever you want to. We're going to care about who you are for the rest of your life. Like, you're there. So I really am, how did they get her to do the Super Bowl? You know, and it wasn't to me. Like, it was shot well, and they had some, like, cool camera tricks or whatever. But this wasn't like, whoa, you can really tell she's been working on this show for a year. You know, it, it, it wasn't that. That's just not what it came down to. And so it was enjoyable enough. And if them songs are your jams, that was what it is. But no, we didn't get a great halftime show. I felt like we got a few halfway decent commercials. But, Park, I got to call you back in here. It's safe. Don't you worry. Um, it's, it's safe. It's safe. I promise it's safe. I promise it's safe. We're going to talk about that Jack Harlow character. Did you see his little Doritos commercial? Yeah, I have what no was clue that? what about. Absolutely no clue. Who came in the office that day and was like, we're going to do something about triangles. Yeah, Jack Harlow is very much like a Two America situation. <laughs> so, like, I don't really get the appeal of him yeah. necessarily. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, and I always say about Harlow, I have to be careful. I've never listened to a note of his music. I have. I don't judge him whatsoever about the quality of his music. 
because I don't listen to it. And that's something I've learned over the course of time. I'm not going to dog your music if I've never listened to it. It's possible that he's jamming. And as I've told you guys a few times before, um, Don Cannon is one of my buddies from college. We came into Clark together, right? Like, I still remember the day that Don was working on a record with my man Jay Lyrical. Went to college with Jay Lyrical. Might be the best rapper I ever met face-to-face. Um, and I remember I stopped and dapped Don up because the beats were so cold. And I was like, yo, I just need to dap you up because I'm glad to say I know somebody who did something that cold. You know, like that's like I go back with Don that far. And I still ain't listened to a note of this man's music. Right. Not knocking him. However, I feel like I, I feel like I spy a herd. And maybe he's not a herd. But I feel like I spy a herd. And like. We're not letting the herb try to be kind of cool, but we at the point now where he does Doritos commercials. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know, kind of good for you, I guess. But again, maybe I'll listen to some Jack Harlow um, when I get off here. And, and, and to be fair to Jack Harlow, oh, go ahead, Park, what you got? Do you know the other thing that Jack Harlow is doing? What's that? Uh, his acting endeavors. He's, uh, He's doing, doing the white man can't jump. Yeah. Hate that. Hate that. <laughs> Hate that, 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 hate that. The movie did not need to be hate that, hate that, hate that, hate that, hate that. I gotta stop saying I hate that, but I hate that, I hate that, I hate that. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I have forgotten what the other thing was that I was gonna say because I hate it so much. Um Damn. 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 But yeah, like there are a few of those commercials. Like me and my brother were sitting there, we watching it, and you see all the stuff they do in the commercials, and you'd be like, it was one of those TurboTax commercials. I can't remember which one. And I am just imagining, imagining what it was like the day that that person came into the boardroom and was going to drop that Super Bowl commercial and press play, and it was whack. Ain't nobody got no time to fix it. You're just going to try to make it the best you can, but it was whack. Because, man, I'm telling you, this... In this uh, world where, like, most of the TV and stuff I've done before, I just get out there and spit it, and then they make it work. But it's another thing when you got, like, yo, we've been working on insert thing here for a while, right? And you send somebody else out, send somebody out to do it, all of that stuff, right? When they bring back a dud and it ain't no time to do it over, all you can do is make the best of what it is. So there's some examples of classics being made of this. Um, I have not watched this, but there's a documentary about Apocalypse Now, uh, the movie, the Francis Ford Coppola flick, about how it was a terrible movie when they made it, and Marlon Brando showed up all crazy out of shape and everything, and the whole time it was miserable and it was awful, and then somehow they edited it into a great movie. That kind of stuff happens all the time. And I wouldn't want to know every single time somebody walked in for one of them Super Bowl commercials and dropped that thing on the table and everybody's like, it's cool, we'll make it work. No, no, we'll, no, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll make it work. And that person just sitting there the whole time hoping this thing tests across. Like, I just don't. I wonder if commercials on a regular basis are so much better now that the Super Bowl commercials just don't jump off the page necessarily. Like, did you have one that, that really cracked for you? I can't say that any of the commercials this year were even, like, good. Yeah, let me let me say my last auxiliary Super Bowl thing. LeBron went down to the game. Now, should LeBron be getting treatment on his foot or whatever? Neither here nor there. LeBron went to the game. Did you see what he did on the Jumbotron? I did not. Okay, are you ready? You ready? I want you to leave the microphone on because I want your reaction. 
to what he did. So they did a shot of him in the Jumbotron. I mean, in the in the suite. He and Savannah mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl. And they say it's LeBron James. And he gets an ovation. And Parker, while they're clapping for him, he goes like this. Tell the people what I appear to Bobby. Uh, you are doing the crown to yes! the head. Yes! <laughs> because he only put, LeBron... He put the crown on his head! It was so unnecessary! It was so unnecessary! You're LeBron! Why are you, why are you doing this? Because I had made it a rule for me that I was like, I'm going to get through this whole LeBron celebration week celebrating LeBron because you should. The feat was that significant. And you get to be a bit self-absorbed in those moments and everything else. Bro, that dude hurt himself to break a record that he was going to break on that night. Mm-hmm. On that yeah. night. That team needs those wins. They are in a dicey situation trying to make the playoffs. And he put it all on the line to break, not to break the record, to break the record that night that night because he had already picked out his clothes he already had his stuff set out i'd already flown my partners in he just had to do it that night and then didn't score another point the rest of that game and then didn't play the next game and then put the crown on his head on the jumbo try for the people sub your bands he was a lot cooler when he was in Miami. That's all I'm going to say. is <laughs> from Miami, just so everybody knows, and that's 100% correct. But my thing about, like, I know a lot of people get on here, and they'd be like, yo, Bomani hates LeBron. No, there's, there are levels on which I have such a colossal respect for LeBron that is ridiculous. Does LeBron get on my nerves? Yes. Did he always get on my nerves? No. Was I crazy excited about the idea of him playing for the Lakers when it happened? Yes, you can go back. I got archives, man. You can go check this. I was all on it. But it ain't been that. It ain't been that. And now he the old man at the club. He can still dance, but he probably need to make a little room, step to the side. But yeah, he crowned himself. That being said, I might have rather watched him at halftime than Rihanna. At least I know he would have wanted to be there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you. Now, if you haven't heard. All right. uh, First story coming from tech. Hi, this is Drew Harwell. I'm a tech reporter at the Washington Post. And I recently wrote about what TikTok looked like in the days after the U.S. found the Chinese spy balloon hanging out over America. TikTok is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. And it's constantly criticized in Washington for those Chinese roots. People worry that it could be a big sort of data privacy nightmare because it could be sending Americans' data back to China, or that it could be a propaganda vessel and share only what the Chinese Communist Party wants Americans to see. 
But when you looked at TikTok in those days after the Chinese spy balloon was found, what you found was um, a lot of non-propaganda. You saw a lot of news going viral on the platform. You saw a lot of real-time video of the balloon sort of hanging out in the sky. And then once it was shot down, you saw a lot of people in the Carolinas taking video of it coming down. You even saw videos of the um, balloon being towed ashore, the debris of it being recovered by military boats. All of this stuff uh, was coming from people who are, you know, proud Americans who were not seemingly sharing any propaganda, but were just sharing what they were seeing in real time and often doing it in ways that were very critical of the Chinese Communist Party. There was one video that went viral from a guy named Bubba Thompson in South Carolina. Him and his buddy uh, had had a few drinks and had been celebrating, you know, this um, F-22 missile firing into the balloon and taking it down and they were really cheering you know heck yeah down commie china go usa so all of this sort of goes to the argument that people in washington are making lawmakers in washington are making that tiktok is a threat really maybe it's just a big social platform that a lot of americans use to share their freedom of speech and we should be thinking about those things as tiktok comes under fire as a potential uh, threat and maybe you know, as lawmakers in Washington push to ban TikTok nationwide. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hey, man, the 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 TikTok and where it's going to go. And yo, can we just talk about these spy balloons right fast? Because the thing about spy stuff is everybody's spying. Like, it's a very interesting game recognized game situation because everybody be like, oh, of course, we're not spying. Everybody's spying. Everybody's out here doing this. Everybody's figured, you know. My question on that is, and you guys just let me know, I just feel like a balloon is a little bit too hot. Like, if it ain't a weather balloon, what other kind of balloons is it? It's like it's a weather balloon or a spy balloon or, you know, the hot air balloon for romance. It's cold outside. Like, I feel like anytime somebody sees some balloon, that's that. But we get to shooting them out the air and everybody get to lying and everything else. But I'm telling you now, I need to do like more granular research on this. But the fear that governments have of TikTok is fascinating because there are two levels to it. One obviously is it is a wildly addictive thing and there are concerns to be had about the kids. But when have they ever cared about that before? Like all the others, all these other apps and all these other things are addictive. Dude, I'd be playing the uh, crossword puzzle on the New York Times. There are literally times where I don't want to do a damn crossword puzzle anymore. My brain has run out of energy, and I can't figure out words, and then I'll close out one that I haven't finished and open up another one. Like, all this online stuff is designed to be addictive in that way. Why is this the one that they pick out? And the question is, it has great room for, like, the revolution, right? Or, like, fomenting and organizing, and is basically almost entirely dictated by an algorithm? An algorithm that is dictated by the Chinese? Like, the fear of TikTok, I really think, is a huge thing. And I want to see how it, like, ultimately goes, right? Like, how far this winds up playing. But, like, we look on game theory. Some of the stories that wind up catching on and bouncing around. And one thing that uh, we have noticed on our end, the more critical I am of the capitalism, the TikTok algorithm seems to enjoy that a great deal. TikTok in China. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's levels, dog. It's levels. All right, this next story is from entertainment. I'm Ayana Archie from NPR. If you're someone who likes to sit in the middle of the movie theater to get the best view, 
You'll soon have to pay more for that experience, at least if AMC is your theater of choice. The company announced Monday that it is rolling out a new initiative called Sightline, which prices seats according to their position in the auditorium. Front row seats will cost a little less, middle seats will cost a little more, and everywhere else will cost the amount of a standard admission ticket. Sightline price tickets will apply to all showtimes after 4 p.m., but is not applicable during the company's $5 discount Tuesdays. The new pricing structure has already been rolled out in select markets across the country and will be implemented at all locations before the end of the year. The company's executive vice president says the strategy is meant to mimic the pricing of other experience-based entertainment venues. The company has lost about $6.5 billion since 2020, as the COVID-19 pandemic has further increased the popularity of streaming services and prompted Hollywood to put out fewer theatrical releases. So... I am always interested when these things happen and they start charging more money for the stuff that people actually want. And I'm okay with it. Now, there are two reasons I'm okay with it. Number one, I mean, let's be real. I got it. It's not that big a deal to me. But number two, and I think that this part is important, and this is part of where, you know, taking a lot of economics comes in here. If you want to sit in the middle at the movie so bad, pay for it. If it's that important, like we know there are certain seats at a movie theater that are more prized. And so if you want that seat, pay a little bit extra for it. It's not terribly different than the exit row. If you want it, pay for it. This is the way that we allocate scarce resources to those who want them the most. Pay for it. Right? So, yeah, they're saying the middle is the ones that are going for more. The outsides are the ones that are going for less. That makes sense. Now, the question is, should you be charging less than the regular ticket price for the outside? You see what I'm saying? Rather than we just add a price to the regular price of the ticket. And should you just be giving away um, them breakneck seats? You know what I'm talking about? On the front row, where you just be out there looking straight up? Y'all shouldn't be charging for those seats at all. The way that I see it, right? Like that, you know, no, no, no. You should not be doing that. But anytime these sorts of things come up, I'm like, no, if like I'm okay with variable pricing, like this, you know, with the sports teams to go see the Warriors costs more than it is to go see the Spurs. All of those things. I, I am okay with that, right? If you want it that bad, pay a little bit more for it. But people, their issues and everything else. All right, don't pay. Go sit on the outside. Because here's the other part. I personally, if I want a good seat, I would much rather pay more and not have to be the first person to show up in order to get it. But yeah, the movies are going to turn into like every other place that has seats. Better seats cost more money. It's like that at a concert. It's like that at a ball game. Anywhere else, better seats cost more money. Either pay or don't go. Or go sit over there all the way to the side. Where you be looking at the screen and you can see the pixels because the angle ain't for you. Uh, this last story, the journalist can join us, but I'm going to uh, recap the story a little bit. So over at Dallas Zoo, there was a string of just strange incidents uh, headlined by the suspected theft of two emperor tamarind monkeys. Uh, there was also the death of a vulture. Enclosures were cut open and a clouded leopard went missing. Police arrested 24-year-old Davion Irvin in connection with the suspected theft of the tamarind monkeys and the release of the clouded leopard. And he faces six counts of animal cruelty and two counts of burglary. Wow. 
Yeah, I think you've said enough. I think you've said yeah. enough. And this is my question for our friend Davion, age 24. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Parker, you're a Miami guy. Are you familiar with the concept of uh, the square grouper? Uh, No. All right, so square grouper, the thing was like late 70s, early 80s, like cocaine cowboys, Miami. Mm-hmm. Bales of dope would just wash up on the shore, sometimes dropped out of a plane for whatever reason, because they would do a lot of cocaine drops off of planes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on the day, you could walk on the beach and just come up on keys washed up. And they would call it a square grouper, like a fish had just washed up. And that's what it was, right? Oh. I'm familiar well, with the concept, not yes, the yes, name. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, here we go. So you just wash it, walk up on some dope. And so the thing for me always about that was I'd be terrified because, like, I would have no idea where to go to move some kilos. I just would not have the person to call for this to be worth anything to me. It would just be blazing hot for me to go to jail. Parker, I'm not from Miami, so I don't know those places. You know who can move some keys. I don't know who can move the keys. Therefore, I would leave the keys alone, Okay. So when I think about Davion stealing these animals, now it's possible he liked to do it in Harlem. We had a tiger in his housing project uh, dwelling. I don't know why. I don't know how or whatever it is. But if I'm stealing these monkeys and everything else he's stealing, I'm sorry. I got no idea where to move these. And I really don't want them as pets. So my question is, Davion, what life you living where you know who trying to buy some monkeys? Apparently he was just trying to keep the monkeys. Okay, what well, I now, okay so now let's get to what, what, why? Why? Where you take that monkey to get trained? And I don't know if these monkeys he's stealing like the other monkeys we've been seeing. But boy, that monkey put his that monkey get his hands on you. Oh boy, you don't want to fight no monkey. You don't want no you don't want no parts. He gonna come home his whole house tow up, tow up. You can't even leave a Yorkie in a house by himself. Uh, last statement I'll say on uh, Mr. Davion is when asked. He said that he would steal more animals if he were released. Why would you tell them that? I, I have no clue why he did. Enjoy jail, buddy. Enjoy jail. Whew. Hey, this is Bomani. You have reached the right time voicemail. Say whatever you want. Get creative with it. But this is your place to talk back to the show. So talk back. Peace. The voicemail topic from this week is the story of your most unreliable coworker. Ah, yes. Inspired by Kyrie Irving. Yep. Uh, this first one is from Brian from Philly. Hey, well, my name is Brian from Philadelphia. So my least reliable coworker, let's just call him Andre, uh, had a history of being late all the time. And when I say late, I don't mean five, ten minutes. I'm talking 30, 40, 60 minutes late. To the point where, because he was such a likable guy, a lot of the other coworkers would often cover for him. So if the boss came around and said, hey, you seen Andre? Oh, yeah, he just ran downstairs to grab some glasses and, uh, <clears throat> you know, he'll be right back. Because working in fine dining, you didn't see many of us at the higher level, you know, like the steakhouse we worked at. So we tried to keep him, talk to him a little bit. You know, why are you late all the time? You know, you're making... It's hard for us to keep covering for you. We need you to come in for work. Hey, man, you know, I got my other business that I'm doing. You know, he has one of those pursuit of happiness types. Got my other business I'm doing. You know, this ain't really my focus right now. I'm trying to get my other business off the ground. 
<clears throat> regardless of the fact that the other business wasn't paying the bills, this job was. So eventually, boss man got rid of him. And I guess he felt super comfortable that night after he got rid of him because he sat down at the end of the night with me, poured himself a drink. We were sitting there talking. He told me how he didn't really want to get rid of Andre, but he left him no choice, <clears throat> which, you know, I was fine with it. I understood. Man was late a lot. Then he says to me, hey, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't typically hire black people. They're often late. They're unprofessional. And I remember when I met you, you came in. I was a little skeptical, but you had a suit on. You know, your resume was impressive. Sat down and talked to you. You spoke really well. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to give it a chance. So it turns out, Bomani, that Andre was actually not my least reliable coworker. It was the white boss who thought <laughs> I was that black man who was going to sit there and take that as some kind of compliment. And instead, I gave my notice and went to find somewhere else to work. Keep doing what you're doing, Bo. Thanks. Damn. Like, I just want to say, it does sound like Andre is wild and unreliable. It does sound like that wild man was nearly unreliable as much as he was just with the full white man on you. But you definitely can't rely on that. Got to admit, that is not something you can trust. All right, uh, this next one's from Eleanor. Hey, this is Eleanor, Stanton, Massachusetts. Uh, my worst co-worker was in high school. Uh, my first real job, I was selling shoes at a discount store. And there was this kid I knew from high school, came in and asked for a job. I didn't vouch for him, vouch for him, but my boss, who really liked me, she asked me, like, hey, do you know him? I was like, yeah, I think he's cool. Um, and so they tell him to come back in on that Saturday. Now, you know, this is retail. We got to be in there, like, 9 o'clock to open up um, so that when the people – you know, the little old ladies and stuff who are coming to get shoes and clothes, they're going to be out there early. Uh, this kid shows up, um, and I can tell he has not been to sleep. He's smelling like he was at a party all night. This is his first day. So they put him over with a coworker who was an older woman in the clothing section, kind of by the... Um, changing rooms and I see him kind of just like looking real rough and my boss is looking at me like you said this dude was okay and I was kind of like oh no and I thought it couldn't get worse so I actually got the man a Gatorade from the back room I was like bro go to the bathroom like take a minute drink this chill out He's like, oh, man, thanks so much. He takes like a 15, and then nobody's seeing him for like an hour. And I'm like, ah, dude must have just left. Like, this is a bad look, but at least he's not hung over in the the store anymore. (laughs) Um, So I go to the back, and I notice the bathroom lights on, the door's closed. I'm kind of banging on it. I go, end up getting the key from the manager, because it's, sometimes we have people, like customers go in there, not supposed to, whatever. I open the door, this dude is passed out on the floor, next to the toilet. I don't need to describe what that was looking like in there. Um, 
But, yeah, so luckily my boss really liked me, and I was a good worker, so she didn't hold it that much against me. But that taught me I was never vouching for anybody who asked <laughs> for a job there, no matter who it was. So that's my worst coworker. Well, I got to say, it's good that you decided that you were never going to vouch for anybody again because they were never going to listen to you again, buddy. They were not. By the way, normally when these topics come up, I try to uh, give you, like, you know, something of my life that ties into this. But the problem is I have worked at this company for the better part of my adult life, which is to say, you know the people I would be talking about. Hell, a couple of them might be listening. Uh, I'm in a very similar situation. <laughs> uh, this next, this last one is uh, about a man named Alex. Hey, Bo. Uh, yeah, this is T from Detroit. First time caller, long time listener. Uh, above the unreliable coworker. So uh, his name is, I'll just say his name is Alex. That's a fake name or whatever. But yeah, I work with this guy on a project for three years now. Uh, long story short, first time we were depending on this guy for a major deliverable milestone. Like he was literally the one ready for our presentation. Like we were about to pre- for the customer. And this guy had been kind of fumbling around, kind of being shady, saying nothing. Next thing I call him, 10 minutes before the presentation, I was like, yo, man, what's going on? And I hear, like, him traveling in the car. I'm like, what's going on? He said, let me call you back real quick. And then I called him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm on a flight. I'm about to go to Costa Rica. I'll be back in three days. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be at the customer in five minutes. What's going on? Long story short, this dude traveled the day of the presentation, never saw him. We try to put it together, call the boss. The boss is like, okay, he's out. Put him on a, they thought he was fired. He came back two weeks later, still on the project, still on the team. And then for another six months, another presentation, this guy, I'm like, yeah, man, we have something coming up two weeks later. Make sure you're in town. Next thing I know, I don't hear anything from him for like five days. I call him, doesn't answer. He calls him. I see a random number calling me back. This dude called me back from Puerto Rico. Say like, yo, man, Wi-Fi is really expensive here can't really do anything right now i'll hit you up next week i'm like yo man we're we got a second chance to present to the customer what's going on uh next thing i know when he came back on tuesday he was fired so yeah two times tried to present in front of a customer worth the project for millions of dollars nowhere to be found yeah so that's wow. that's, that's what we're doing no all right way. you guys have a good day bye Nowhere to be found. I would be a little furious, I have to say. Whoop! But hey, appreciate y'all on that. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Parker Owens handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Also, thank you to our If You Haven't Heard contributors. Thanks to Drew Harrell of the Washington Post. Check out his story on TikTok's response to Chinese spy balloons. Thank you to Ayana Archie of NPR. Check out her story on AMC and their new seat-based ticket policy. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.